1: Barangaroo Studios, the Ausbiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance.
3: G'day and welcome to the COB. Great to have your company. I'm Andrew Gagan.
2: And I'm David Scott and it's great to be here, Andrew.
3: Yes, Scotty, good to be with you. Okay, so another positive day today. Uh, generally, we've seen that across Asia. Also off the back of uh, that positivity we saw on Wall Street overnight. Obviously, as all eyes on Washington for the incoming administration, but we also heard from Janet Yellen at the same time, the nominee for Treasury Secretary, talking up stimulus and talking down China.
2: Yeah, sounds uh, sounds like a fairly familiar scenario, a different administration, but uh, same tack. But uh, I did find it really strange. Uh, we, of course, had so many uh, headlines relating to uh, you know, fiscal stimulus in particular over the past uh, week or so, including... The knowledge from the Biden administration that uh, they're trying to go and get a $1.9 trillion package through, which of course the markets didn't really react to. In fact, we're a little bit weaker late last week. But then lo and behold, uh, Treasury Secretary-elect Janet Yellen uh, was speaking overnight after releasing comments earlier in the day. Uh, talking about the need for a go big or go home uh, stimulus package and the markets lapped it up. So uh, initially discounted it and then discounted again and decided it was bullish and decided to buy equities.
3: Yeah, Yeah. well, uh, and obviously that flowed through to the Australian market. We saw uh, some nine of 11 sectors moving higher today. I guess the the laggards uh, coming in the consumer discretionary and the financial sectors, they they dropped today?
2: Yeah, look, uh, two sectors have had a pretty good run, like most of us out there over the last little bit, but a bit of profit-taking moving through. Of course, we saw a couple of bullish broker moves when it came to the banks yesterday that really went and set them uh, on fire when it came to price gains. The consumer's exactly the same, so we are seeing really, really strong figures that have been released when it comes to sales, uh, obviously benefiting from the uh, the inability to go and spend, particularly when it comes to international travel. But uh, it's interesting, I don't think it's the actual reason why, but uh, we saw that so the Westpac Consumer Confidence uh, Survey released mm-hmm. today, a little bit softer, still positive, but just interesting and, and made you think, well, although we're still feeling pretty optimistic as a collective whole, we're not quite as uh, exuberant as we were say maybe we were at the end of last year.
3: But uh, still higher at this point than we were this time last year. Yeah. So that's a clearly a positive too going into I, I don't know
2: about you, mate, but uh, certainly this time last year, we're, <laughs> we're all choking with smoke. Now, of course, we've had a pandemic in between and we're still battling that, yeah. but it's certainly a lot better right now than, than suffocating on bushfire smoke.
3: Yeah, oh, of course, and the pandemic was just getting going at this time last year at the same time. Um, so we also saw obviously the NASDAQ showing um, considerable strength overnight. That was uh, somewhat of, uh, reflected here too as far as IT stocks. A concern and after pay shares up yet again, close to well over five percent.
2: Yeah, it's uh, an amazing run. Uh, everyone knows my uh, my uh, concerns about the, the, the broader sector, but uh, for the time being, I'm extremely wrong based on what the price movements are. We saw Jeffries initiate a buy rating on that stock with a price target in excess of 150 bucks, and uh, off to the races again. So uh, certainly seems to be nothing holding that sector down. It's just an amazing run, isn't it? Uh, how strong it's mm. been over the past 10 months or so. So just uh, so we ended up with,
3: uh, as far as the top two hundred is concerned, uh, we're up uh, just over seven points, so it's uh, close to 06 of a percent higher. That's uh, you know, scoff at that. Uh, as far as the big move is concerned, Avita Therapeutics uh, up uh, the same amount as the broader index. Um, it no, sorry, in fact, it was up uh, fifty-seven cents, uh, up nine percent, over nine percent. Whereas MegaPort Scuddy falling uh, down close to five percent.
2: Yeah, Megaport, of course, had its uh, quarterly update released uh, two sessions earlier. We spoke uh, to uh, Vincent Cook, the, uh, the the chief executive there, uh, yesterday, and uh, a few broker moves came through. A little bit downbeat on the, uh, the prospects for the company. There's a lot of growth expectations built in there, so I wonder whether that will be persisting. But certainly for the time being, yeah, Megaport MP1 had a bit of a soft day today.
3: Yeah, and um, also a focus today uh, on, uh, on the show as far as the travel sector is concerned. I um, had a couple of guests, Carl uh, McIntyre from Fire Trail Investments talking up the opportunities for some of those, uh, uh, those uh, travel stocks, uh, and also um, talking airports as well. Uh, James Gerrish uh, from Shoren Partners, uh, in particular as far as Sydney Airports is concerned.
2: Yeah, it's an interesting space. Like, we both know firsthand how, uh, how difficult it's been to go and travel and uh, the disruptions being caused by those border shutters. Uh, particularly, like, no, I think until we actually go and start to see those domestic borders uh, you know, come down a bit more Sydney in that space, it's really difficult to get enthusiastic about either Sydney airports or Qantas because a lot of it, uh, income is derived from, uh, from domestic services. Mm. So, to me, like, no, once, once you and myself can actually go and say, well, we can go and book a family holiday or go and uh, travel freely across the country, it's for me personally, I think it's difficult to get too, uh, too excited about it. Yeah, I mean, I've been to Sydney
3: Airport a couple of times just in the past month and there is no one there, absolutely no one. All the shops are shuttered at the same time. That's where we're at at the moment. But you know it's going to come back. Mm. It's a question of when.
2: Yeah, ab- absolutely. And uh, it was, I, I went and flew to uh, Adelaide uh, late last year and uh suddenly it was pretty eerie just sitting around though you're right there was one store that was open i'm sure job keeper was doing it so it's trick there but uh very very unusual scenes and look we all hope it comes back but uh no there's there's talk to potentially now we're talking to 2022 calendar year to go and have the international border open i think that's now basically the baseline scenario And then, of course, trying to convince Australians to go and let people into the country who potentially may be carrying the virus, uh, even with the vaccine rollout that will be done this year. I think it's going to be a very, very difficult task.
3: So given we're out of the moment um, and and we've seen the the broad rally uh, as far as equities are concerned, the question is, you know, as far as buy, hold and sell is concerned, I put this question uh, to Steve Everett uh, at Belvedere Shares Management. I said, you know what? what's your cell? He said, I don't have a cell. (laughs) So to me, I said, You've got FOGO. <laughs> Fear of getting out.
2: Yeah. Uh, look, it seems that way at the moment. Well, the local local market went and closed at 11-month highs today. So uh, a lot more buying going and taking place and not many people willing to sell at this point in time. So certainly it's, uh, it's difficult to get enthusiastic about other asset classes at the moment. But uh, for the time being, onwards and upwards of equity markets.
3: Okay. So if you don't know where to put your money, a uh, bit of confusion about asset classes, do you then turn to an ETF?
2: Well, for a lot of people out there to go and get your uh, tip your toe in, or maybe uh, you know, to go and have like a ballast uh, a portfolio of, of or play a player thematic uh, this be used for that, so I have been known to dabble in the ETF markets in the past in individual ones, so yeah, definitely
3: yeah well, certainly uh, that was uh, our focus today on the call uh, and just looking at at how that uh, has increased fund under, uh, funds under management they're increasing from. $71 billion to over $94.5 uh, billion since uh, we covered this over the past year. And um, to talk us through that, we had Andrew Wyland from DP Wealth Advisory and Michael Wayne from Medallion Financial. When we were talking with Koshy there back on the 28th of October, if I remember correctly, the uh, FUM, funds under management in the ETF space was about $71 billion, which is a fair sum of money. If we fast forward to today, that's now up to about $94 billion and certainly some of the actives, like one of the ones we're going to talk about today, ECDC, my little favourite, it's gone from, you know, like 32 million to 100 million in the space of six or nine months. So certainly some of these more active ones have done incredibly well. But again, this sort of weight of money that's starting to come through. I think last week in Australia, we had something like $250 million of net monies going into ETFs, which really sort of replicates or channels what we're seeing in Canada.
1: Active versus passive gets a a little, there's a big argument going on these days, and and often the, the sales reps working for these ETFs have done a wonderful job in framing how poorly active managers have done. But I think that's symptomatic of the way the industry was and has evolved over time. I mean, once upon a time, you've got the big names and you know who they are, you know, the AMPs, colonials, perpetuals, these people of the world going back 20, 30 years ago, who would claim to be an active fund manager charging active fees. But in reality, were really just mirroring the index sort of 80, 90% of that index index hugging hugging with maybe one Mm. or two overweight positions here and there. So they were really... They're really um, passive funds masquerading as active funds. And I think over time that started to be called out. But definitely passive has done an incredible job. It's here to stay. Um, and it gives people exposures to areas of the market that they wouldn't otherwise normally get uh, at a very cost effective way.
3: from Medallion Financial and uh, Andrew Weiland from DP Wealth Advisory talking ETFs, just how popular they are right now. Okay, so in terms of popularity, well, Donald Trump is not. Uh, clearly, that's the view of the American people because, uh, Scuddy, this time tomorrow, he will not be in the top job.
2: Yes, leaving with the lowest uh, you know, approval of his presidency. But uh, he is uh, dropping a lot of clemency uh, to a lot of different individuals. Uh, Little Wayne. Little Wayne's been uh, uh, given a presidential pardon. Steve Bannon, we're just being told uh, by one of our producers, yep. has just been uh, pardoned as well. So, Although,
3: um, not pardoning himself, it would seem.
2: Well, maybe he's guilty. Who
3: knows? (laughs) We'll see what happens. Uh, Plenty to move, I would have thought, um, within the uh, months ahead as far as what his next move is. Uh, Okay, so, yes, Scuddy. obviously the big focus tomorrow is the inauguration.
2: Absolutely. Uh, I'm doubtful it's going to move markets unless there is some kind of an uh, unusual event. Let's hope there's nothing that's going to go and take place like that. But uh, look, the pomp and ceremony that we'll see, even with reduced numbers there in Washington, D.C., uh, it's still a spectacle to go and, uh, and keep an eye on. So that'll be, of course, kicking off uh, in the wee small hours of the morning here on Australia's east coast. But we'll have it covered here tomorrow. And uh, speaking a lot about you know, the implications of, uh, of Joe Biden's presidency in the first few days, and in particular his presidential orders that may be put through and what the implications will be for, uh, for financial markets. Yeah, and of course, talking stimulus, uh, always talking stimulus. And Your Stimmy's always on the cards.
3: Yeah, we're we'll particularly also uh, likely to hear more from Janet Yellen, assuming she is confirmed as the new Treasury Secretary. Yeah. So as you mentioned, tomorrow, uh, a lot of reaction, just as far as those uh, what's going on in Washington. Alex uh, Turman, we're joining us, He's from Bondo Partners uh, in Washington. He'll has have his own unique perspective on that, and uh, also we'll uh, have the view from uh, Peter Gray from Zip. So uh, I know that's that'll be an interesting space, obviously, because we're always talking about buy now, pay later.
2: Yeah, Zip's uh, Zip's rebounded about twenty percent from its uh, its recent lows, and you no, know, getting some uh, some popularity there, of course, back in the investment uh, community. Interesting to go and, uh, and pose a question: uh, Why its share price has lagged after pays in recent times? Uh, We're going to get some thoughts on what potentially is planned ahead for, uh, for Zip, still a very major player in that space. And we'll also be talking to Justin Werner, Chief Executive of Nickel Mines. So, Nickel, another
3: metal out there worth talking about uh, as it prepares to acquire. Uh, half of Indonesia's uh, angel nickel industry. So a lot to get through, Scuddy. Yeah, I know you're excited.
2: Yeah, I've also got the, uh, the Labor Force survey as well here in Indeed. Australia for December and uh, I was having a look at the other uh, range of expectations which uh, generally tells you that no one's got any idea. I think the range of uh, you know, individual economists forecast is like 15,000 to 70,000. I went and looked at the uh, reference date. It's before the lockdown of the Northern Beaches. So I've got a little inkling that it might be a bumper number and I wouldn't be surprised to see a six-digit uh, game when it comes to employment growth so we'll see what happens tomorrow at eleven thirty.
3: yeah and also the melbourne institute will be coming out with its consumer inflation expectations as well
2: yeah whether that moves the market's probably i know a little bit debatable but it's always interesting to go and see what i uh, know how the consumer is feeling about inflation because if they think inflation is becoming unhinged uh it does have implications for wage growth and spending and patterns and everything else so it is worthwhile having a look at all right
3: well that is the cob for wednesday another exciting day perhaps an even more exciting
2: day tomorrow Exactly right. We're on the downhill run into the weekend already. I'm looking forward to it. (laughs) Big day tomorrow. We'll see you then. Cheers.
0: When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy.